What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Ethan and Terry Show, a podcast dedicated to covering and tackling the latest in sports and entertainment. It's your boy Ethan, aka Easy Pull Up, here with Terry Jenkins Jr. for episode number 74. I want to shout out to all of our first time listeners as well as our last time listeners. Be sure you like, comment, share, subscribe to the pod, leave us a rating and review, and let us know how we're doing. Terry, off top, off the rip, <laughs> as I put in the group chat, what more do you want from my boy, man? 71 points from Damian Lillard tonight as they smacked the Houston Rockets. 71, big 71. Shout out Dame. I was hoping he'd get 74 <laughs> so it would match the pod. But but his but he he kind of ran out of gas at the end, which I mean, what more can you say when you literally score 71 points? But um I know I know you saw that, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, if you want me to, I'm not gonna start out with the the dapper news. Um, it was a it was a good performance. Um, putting up seventy points, very efficient, as you stated in the chat. Um, Thames a scorer, man. He's been known as a, as a scoring guard. He gets to go down eight on the list, I believe. Yeah, of all time scoring, tying. I forgot who else is seventy one. But maybe Donovan Steve has, Francis. Donovan has seventy one this season, didn't he? Oh yeah, Don- oh yeah, and Donovan did drop seventy one as well. Who did Donovan? What team did Donovan Mitchell drop seventy one on? Oh, I'm not sure. I actually hold Let me on. Fact check that. Donovan yeah. Donovan might have had seventy that game. Seventy or I think he might have been just seventy, but I didn't want to no, know. No, I'm team. sorry. He 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 did have seventy one. He did have seventy one. And who was it against? Um, let's see here. It looks like it might have been against the. Was it against Houston? <laughs> no, it was actually against uh, the Bulls. Oh wow! Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it was against the Bulls. Okay, but... so that actually, I guess that ties him with Donovan Mitchell as well. I'm putting up the all-time scoring list because I want to say Steve Francis is also 71 too. Someone else in NBA history had 71 as well. It's yeah. kind of high up on that list. I think. Uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of weird to just say Wilt because Wilt's name is like all over that. I was gonna say it probably. I was just about to say probably Wilt out of all because this name is like all down through the list. I I can just go real quick. Let me see. Hold on. Let's see. Yeah, Wilt, Wilt, and Kobe, then Wilt again, then Wilt, Wilt, Wilt. Yeah, Wilt has seventy one. Elgin Baylor has. No, I'm sorry. Elgin Baylor has seventy one. Yeah, Elgin Baylor has seventy one. No, Wilt. Then David Robinson, Donovan Mitchell, and Dame. Yeah. So he goes into that, and that's a nice list. You know, Elgin Baylor, um, Donovan Mitchell, you know, of course, he's he's a, he's a good scorer as well, one of the good scorers yeah. um, in the NBA currently. But, uh, again, I didn't want to sound out dapper. Context does matter, I mean, to some people, not all people. But it, it was against the, the Wayamba chasing Houston Rockets, who – didn't even have Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. And also, my I don't know how, somehow they got back in the game at the end. They kind of made the game, but they were getting destroyed. Uh, Dane was definitely cooking them up real nice. But most of those guys, even that played on that, that team, aren't the current team, Houston Rockets. I wouldn't call them, you know, the cream of the crop. As it's far still, as, it's know. still hard to score seventy-one points. And, and and then thank you for bringing up that point. It used to be a lot harder to score seventy-one points, 
in the NBA nowadays, that is definitely more pro scoring. You can't hand check. You can't guard. The guards aren't pretty much anybody a certain way. It is definitely easier um, to score the ball at a high clip. For a lot of players, the rules definitely do help that agenda. Um, it's talked about all the time as far as comparing eras in the NBA. Of course, you put the emphasis on a three-point line. Nowadays, people take, I mean, honestly, probably four times the amount of threes that someone took back. I mean, that's, and I mean, that's fair. Jordan I mean, era, or even Kobe's era. Yeah. Um, and so the emphasis on the three-point line plus the lack of defense as well, it, it is definitely an easier era to put up points in. Um, I believe not even just this era. You can go back to when James Harden was doing what he's doing. A lot of people were debating then as far as statistical categories and the streak that James is on, how much of it is. Of course, James Harden's a good player, not a great player, to be honest with you. But you also cannot leave out the fact, the difference in the game, how the game is being called. Um, and then also, again, the emphasis on offense in the three-point line, thanks to, you know, guys like Steph Curry. So it, it it again you put it in context again not not to water down because it is hard to score seventy one points in a game. Um, your opponent does definitely matter. Competition definitely does matter. Like you said, down in the Mitchell down against Chicago, who Chicago is also just like the Chicago. Um, well, just like the Houston Rockets, one of the teams in the NBA that's in the bottom five. Um, and the only difference between them and the Rockets is I think Chicago may be still trying to fight to stay in playoff contention. The Rockets are not. I mean, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you just right because you've, you've said enough and you said, I guess everything, I guess I would expect you to say, but needless to say, Dame is still, he's, he's given the Warriors 50 before. Like, this type mm-hmm. of scoring is, like, not uncommon for him, and he can do it. It's still an achievement nonetheless. I'm definitely going to say But it's it. not a great achievement. I'm def- if you I'm ask def- me what more I want from Dane, I just – I don't want no, one you, thing. No, you, you want him to go to Milwaukee. We understand. No, <laughs> at that, at that, I, I want that, to win a ring. Point, even at that even point. if he doesn't go to Milwaukee, he can if he can bring, like he said on his recent podcast, if he can bring a ring to Portland, he would definitely shut up all the, you know, the haters. But no one really expects him to do that. Dame is a great player. I've never said he's not a great player. He is a great player. But there's a cap to how great Dame is and his legacy. I mean, it, and, and it's, it's all I, dependent I upon his situation. Like, like, I understand that. It's all dependent upon his situation because if he was doing this on the Clippers or the Lakers, the Bucks or the Celtics, then it would be like more than just headline news in the Oregonian, right, in terms of how great of a player he is. Like that's that's fair. That that that's a fair assessment. I'm not. It's, but, I'm not saying a team. My, he can do it in the Blazers. He just need a ring. He can go. He can go to the the Hornets. <laughs> as long as he wins a ring, that's what I feel like will complete his legacy. But, but without that, he will just be another basket, another great basketball. I mean, his, another Charles Barkley, another and uh, Malone, another. I mean, Steve I mean, Francis, yeah, you know, and, and that's, he, will, he will be. Well, I mean, I would, I'll say just he's, another guy. I'll say he's he's better than than Steve Francis. But what I, what Steve I am Francis had a peak. He was, I mean, he was cold. I was at his jersey, but I will, but I will say this though, man, that that's right. All the things you said are right, but when it comes to his legacy, it's the respect on his legacy, right? Because here's the thing: like he might not get a championship here in Portland, 
you know, I really hope that this podcast doesn't age that well. <laughs> and my previous statement is proven <laughs> otherwise, but he might not. And I think a lot of people, bro, there are a lot of fans here in Portland, bro. Like low key, if Dame said he, he wanted to leave after this season, you know what? We appreciate you. It's been an amazing journey. We're 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 really fortunate. I feel like before this season, Trailblazer fans would would you know understand. I, mean, I think I think, I think two, two two or three seasons ago, like if, if we're really taking yeah. if we're really taking it there, like if he would have left three or four years ago, that's fine. But at the end of the day, too, man, I know a lot a lot of emphasis is put on championship basketball, right? And there's so many things. There's so much to even unpack and like everything <laughs> and everything that you said. That's like eight or nine different topics in itself. But for what Dame is able to do in a situation that he's in, situation that he's choosing to be in, mind you, right? I got to give it up to him. Any night that he could go for 50-plus, 60-plus, in this case 70-plus, I'm going to be all over that as a fan. But at the end of the day, what's fair is fair. I'm I'm, I'm here to receive any any feedback or backlash. But my hey, guy- It's just the hardware, you know? That's it. It's just it's the hardware. The MVPs. DOPs, uh, championships. He needs hardware. I mean, he he got a three point contest trophy. Yeah, I mean, still all time. I mean, he's still one of the. He'll go down as one of the best scoring guards. Period. You know, and I mean, having a a lot of good scoring guards. That's true, but he's he's continuing to add to his stats, add to the resume, and add to his legacy, bro. But a lot of it is dependent upon the situation. Portland's situation right now is it's hard. It's basketball purgatory. Is really what it is. I think a lot, I think everybody can see it. Fans can see it. But anytime that this can happen, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't care who we playing against. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's still the NBA. Like <laughs> it's still the NBA. It's still it's still basketball at the highest level. Seventy one. Yeah, but basketball at the highest level nowadays does not require defense. I mean, hey, bro, we we can't help. We them. literally watched two teams yesterday score 176 points. I mean, I mean, <laughs> hey, bro, Terry, you you can't help the air that you in, man. <laughs> all you all you what can, I'm saying, all, no, all you no, can do I is agree, cook where you what at. I'm saying is just just like the NFL, take this in context, and the same thing with basketball, you take it in context. But people put the NFL, and we're okay with saying the NFL because it's cool. Because it, it, everyone averages about 300 yards a game now passing. While receivers reaching 1,000 yeah. yards receiving, it's not a phenomenon like it was back in Chad Ochocinco day where defense was elite. We we had this comparison, and, and not to try to get off topic because it still correlates with basketball, but we had this comparison, Chad Ochocinco versus Jamar Chase's career. I'm picking Chad, and personally, if Chad was in this era, he would destroy and put up numbers like someone like Cooper Cup did instead in one year. He would probably have multiple years like that. But it's the emphasis on the pass game. The modern-day NFL has more emphasis on air in and out. Quarterbacks now average about 250 yards plus a game. The average wide receiver, if you get enough attempts and if you're basically the number one offense, Option, you getting a thousand yards is probably going to be almost a guarantee if you're to stay healthy for what's now an extra game, eighteen games. So there are things that that go into factor. Yes, you you can't help the error that you're in. That is a very true statement. But also another true statement is just facts. You you have to take into account 
the game and and this emphasis on stats. If I have more attempts, passing attempts, guess what? I'm going to probably have more yards. If I have a green light to take 23-point attempts a game versus someone back in the 80s or even 90s or even Kobe area, Kobe can go out there and take 23s. Kobe had a green light. But if Kobe went out there and jacked up 23s, Bill was putting his ass on the bench. But that's the difference in the era. That's the difference. Yeah. That, that's what makes what Wilt, what Wilt did was so great because, I mean, he scored 100 points and he didn't, he didn't even attempt a three-point shot. You know, and on top of that, that's in the NBA where, you know, they was pretty much yeah. knocking people out and having full fist fights and then continue to play but, the game. I mean, the, the thing about it, though, bro, is that you can't, you can't deny the skill. Like you still have to get out there and play. Like, yeah, you can shoot, oh, yeah. you, you can shoot thirty threes, but I mean, come on, bro, you still got to hit, you know, a sizable amount to what you're taking. Exactly. You know what I mean? As a professional, like, like, yeah, and, and, and that, and that, and that's, and that's like the only thing. Like when it comes to me, like my defense of Dame, right, or even in the case of like Donovan Mitchell right now, even Book right now, even though Book's been to the uh, finals, like he's and he's another person who's also put up seventy points. Yeah, you know, and, and I get it. And sure, in this era, it'll probably, it's a lot easier compared to yesterday. But all I can do is just evaluate based on the skill and what you're able to do night in, night out. Where you're able to give an organization night in and night out, right? Dame's the top 75 player of all time. And a lot of people feel some type of way because it's like, well, why wasn't Clay in there? I mean, hey, I, 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 I don't be honest. And I think, I, I think, pick, I think, I think Clay should have been in there. I, I, I didn't want to say. I will definitely take the White Howard in that conversation over Dame. Which is bad to me personally. I feel like it's very disrespectful that he's not in the top seventy-five because the White Howard has done something that Damian Leonard has not done, and that's lead his team being a solo act with no other help around to the finals. And Dame has not done that. And so again, I mean, you let's, take it to let's, context. Let's not disrespect Jameer Nelson like that, bro. He was also on that team. Bro, really, he <laughs> really leave, just brought leave, that leave man a, name into this show. Yeah, I had get to, out of here. I, I, I would have had, had more to. respect my, my, if you my, said Michael, Blue Turkaloo. Come my, on. Michael, Petrus too. Get out Michael Petrus too. Get out of Michael here. Petrus too. Let, let, let's no, be honest. No, let's be honest. Jameer Nelson, bro. He was, no. Hey, Jameer you, Nelson, bro, is underrated guard. We talk about guards under 6'2". We talk about guards under 6'2". We just went from Damian Leonard, and you're going to mention Jameer Nelson. I was talking about just on the team. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not compare, I'm not comparing them just one-to-one. -one. He's and, not even a good guard. They, Jer, Jer, but they Jer, still Justin, got there. And it, it wasn't because of him. It was because of Dwight Howard. <laughs> it had nothing to do with Jameer Nelson. You probably could have took any other point guard in the NBA that year and stuck him on the Orlando team, and they would have went on to, for the ride just like Jameer Nelson. That was the White Howard accomplishment. No way. Everybody knows that. I'm gonna find me a uh, Jameer Nelson St. Joseph jersey, only because hey, like good luck with that. <laughs> I'm a, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's available. You but probably no, had to purchase his from him personally, and you probably can for probably about sixty bucks. He'll probably give it to you because he has no relevance at all, bro. It's Jameer, it's Jameer Nelson, even come on. I just wanted to say it. It takes a team. But but never yeah. but but to win it takes one and and they actually do have his jersey available now anyway but in addition to that Damian Lewis seventy one points is still incredible I can only base and assess off the skill and also what he's done just for the organization too I mean there aren't a lot of people who are staying with a team as long as he has he's a bit of an anomaly he's got all the records 
maybe that was probably part of the premise of him being a top 75 player. But nevertheless, There's no hardware. Hey, as long as he can sleep at night, nothing to show for it. As long, oh, he's got everything to show for it. Like, come on, man. You, no one will ever be able to nothing. deny Damian Lillard's greatness. Period. I am on here Pardon. literally. No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, bro, exactly bro, bro, this doing. is blatant hate. You said you would not respect his career just off the strength of him not even I, I, having. It, you did he say hasn't that. Accomplished. We he, we're talking about accomplishment that. Another NBA player has already done this year, and probably someone else is going to. His 71-point game against the Rockets has nothing on Lucas' 60-20 and 20 game. Not even close. It, it, it had, it, I feel like you could say Joel Embiid has had, and Giannis has had more amazing games than his 70-point game against the Houston Rockets without Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr., the two starters, also a team that's now after today, I think, 14 and 45 or no 14 and 47 man you know what i'm just here i'm not just here I'm, I'm not here to say just every, saying. Every, i'm not here to say everything that he, that he hasn't done but, but i'm just speaking on everything that he's doing and he's playing phenomenal if i go out and play in a daycare against some you know kids in a daycare I'm pretty no, sure. all right calm down calm down take <laughs> it easy job, I put up take it easy <laughs> Take it easy. The, Rock, the, Rock, the Rockets have given a lot of teams a run for their money this year, despite them not winning a lot of games. They're still. I'm sorry, the record would say otherwise. They're, they're still professional athletes. Damian, I don't know if you know, they're on the 11 game losing streak after tonight. I don't know. I don't know. If they're trying to, I don't know if they're trying to win. I just don't. I mean, look. Rest the prior, prior to January, they were really giving teams a run. <laughs> But I will say, though, big ups to Dame, man. It's always good to see something positive coming out of your organization. So big ups to him. But in addition to this, to, to Dame's legendary night, there was also some other basketball games on the docket. I know the Lakers took on your boy Luka, Kyrie, and the Mavericks, and they were able to escape with the win tonight. Um, a lot of people right now, because you're looking, you have a guy like AD going for, what, 30 and 15 tonight. You know, and everyone's like, yo, if he can stay like this, the Lakers are going to get to the playoffs. They can make it to the Western Conference Finals, which I will say, if they do stay healthy, I can definitely see the Lakers making a run. But, Terry, right now as it stands, I don't even think they're even top 10 in the West right now. They might be, what, 12? No, they're 13. They're 13. Terry, in all likelihood, what are the chances of the L.A. Lakers, I guess your former team, I guess you're a Bucks fan now, um, what what is what are the chances of the Lakers making it into the playoffs? First off, as far as my fandom, Steph Curry, Giannis, and then you can throw in Zion. I have I have again because of the error that we and I have denounced team shield, honestly, because of the Brian James fans. I've sadly denounced my fandom for the LA Lakers. But again, that that is that is a topic for another day when that man leaves that organization that I used to admire and love so much. But that's not the topic. The topic is will that organization make the playoffs and, and that I guess the chance I give them, I give them a 5% chance, Ethan. And that 5% chance is based off, I believe that they can stay healthy. Like you said, they'll make it, but only give them a 5% chance to remain healthy. Um, first off, it's, it's hurting their percentage currently is LeBron James. Hurt his foot tonight, I think. Some uh, let, let me just fire it up real quick. But LeBron James actually got hurt tonight, um, and, and they will be monitoring his health for you know day to day. Yeah, his right foot, right foot. Uh, he suffered late in the comeback, 
uh, he will monitor it. And so, again, they did add some, some great pieces, but even now they're not healthy. D-Lo did not play tonight because he was out with an injury. Now you add LeBron James to that list as well. And, again, this is a West. Now I will say tonight was a huge win for the Lakers. Down by 27 points. You're going against Luka with the addition, new addition of Kyrie Irving. And everyone, all eyes are on those two to see how it and if they can figure this thing out. Also, mind you, the crazy rumors by Chris Broussard that somehow Kyrie is not going to resign with Dallas. And if he, if the only team that he wants to sign with are, you know, Dallas basically try to give him away now to the Lakers. With all that up in smoke, you know, because that will only happen, what, via trade of Anthony Davis. With all that in the air, they still came out and performed. And who performed greater than anybody else in the game? Anthony Davis. You just said it. He got 30-plus points, 12-plus um, rebounds. I want to say he had a few assists in there as well, and as well as some big blocks, um, which that defense is what helped the Lakers get back into the game. And so if, if Anthony Davis is healthy and, you know, playing at an elite level, he, he's always one of the best players in a league when he's at that at the at his peak. But we all know since his days in Kentucky, the question is, can he stay healthy? Which I mean he's missed already twenty games a season. You look at LeBron, he's hurt again. It's just like every other month, LeBron has some little nagging injury and Ethan, there's only twenty two games left. They're at thirteen. They have to climb more than a few spots just to get in the play in game. And mind you, if they're in that 10th and 9th seed, one loss, and they're out, and then also they have to win twice just to get in. So I I agree with you. If they're healthy, if somehow, you know, they, you know, if, if Darvin Ham somehow gets a hold of some Sensu beans, I don't know how he would do that. Maybe he can, you know, call up, you know, Goku or, or someone on Planet Namath, and, and maybe they can get some. If that can happen, and he just pass them out then the Lakers will definitely make it. But without Sensu Beans, Ethan, or some other type of healing um, power that, that we don't know about or just stronger than what the Lakers' um, current organization has, I don't. I, I give the Lakers a 5.5% chance of making it. You know, you can cascade the same theme across the entire Western Conference right now. I mean, it really is dependent upon general health. If you look at a team like the Warriors, right, like oh, yeah. it's, it's it's literally the same thing. Um, but shout out to Clay, he's keeping him afloat while, while he stuff is, is out. He is keeping him afloat. Like he's 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 got he's By got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove. Charles Barkley. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I don't I don't know, man. I think I think the Lakers do have a have a legit chance of making it and get and get on a run. Um, I was very impressed uh, by Jerry Vanderbilt. I was very impressed by him today. Um, just by just the impact alone, definitely. Not. But, but what's what's your percentage there? What four percent? Because I, I said they had a chance that they make uh, it in, into the play into the into the playoffs. Yeah, a chance or, or, of them making it to the playoffs. What, I, what what chance do you have in making it in the playoffs? I am going to give them a thirty five percent chance. Thirty five. Okay. I, I think I think it, I certainly <laughs> think it's possible, but it, it is health. It's that's just what it comes down to. It's, it's just health. You know, I think in a, in a perfect world, sure. You know, I think we would love to see a uh, Phoenix and Lakers uh, Western Conference Finals. I, I think that would be great, must see TV for for a variety of reasons. 
Um, but when it comes, but yeah, even like LeBron going down today, like scaring everybody, saying that he heard it pop. You know, that's that's nothing that you at least want to think about seeing. <laughs> but nevertheless, I'm giving them about a 30, 35 percent chance of making it into the playoffs, barring any outstanding injuries from that of Anthony Davis or LeBron. Um, but all 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 the pieces that that they picked up are are certainly certainly proven why uh, why they should be there. But a lot of things happened in basketball. I was actually ha- hoping that Dallas would win today. Um, you know, I really want the Luka and Kyrie experiment to kind of be successful uh, in some way. But more to come on. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. I, and, I think and I think that'll it's just a touch. I think that relationship will definitely eventually grow. Their thing right now is just closing out games and then, of course, defense down the stretches. But what they're experimenting as well, which is why they had um, – they had Justin, and I didn't even know he was still in the league. They had Justin Holiday, a part of the Holiday Brothers, actually starting today in the lineup. And so Jason Kidd, um, he's definitely, I wouldn't say he's the greatest coach for off, but he's definitely still experimenting with the starting lineup to figure out who he's going to start, who to put on the court with Kyrie and Luka to help fill out Mm-hmm. The rest of that starting five, so it can actually be complete. Um, I personally think he should definitely start Powell, definitely start starting Christian Woods, and maybe when Tim Hardaway Jr. comes back as well, I will throw him in that starting lineup with Kyrie and Luka. That's just me personally, but they'll definitely figure out things. They're two great players. Um, Luka's too great of a team player as well to not help figure out, and Jason Kidd, um, it, it is a great basketball mind. So I think those guys will get figured out. And again, you don't want to see those two guys in the seven-game series. You just don't. Must see TV either way. But a lot to be a lot to be decided in the NBA. It's definitely an exciting time right now. But getting over into the NFL, NFL offseason rumors circulating, a lot of things in particular – with Lamar Jackson, um, with him trying to finally get that contract negotiation with the Baltimore Ravens settled. Terry, what's just been your take right now on Lamar? Do you think he's better suited elsewhere? Does he go to an Atlanta? Does Seattle find a way to get in the mix? How are you feeling about that right now? Um, First, I'll just say this. He's done. He's done. Uh, he's definitely done with that Ravens organization. There are several teams. Um, and we'll save that deep dive as far as the Ravens organization here in a minute. There are several teams that are definitely bidding for Lamar. Um, and the NFL is so crazy that unlike the NBA, because the NBA, you can almost guess, which I did, where someone may be going just based off the landscape. The NFL is harder because it's more based on the owners or who's willing to make a move and then also resources as well because you always want to go with who can give you the most for your asset. And I feel like that's what the Ravens going to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to give three teams, Ethan. I'm, I'm going to leave with my, the one that I feel like is, is most likely. And then the third one is honestly going to be I'm probably a fantasy player, just to be honest with you. Number one, where I think Lamar Jackson is most likely to land out of everywhere else 
because it just seems like it's, it's going to happen to me. I think he's going to end up in, as a New York Jet. And I hate that regularly. You know why I hate to say that? Because that, that puts him in the AFC East. Well, my team against, you know, our current, current quarterback, we don't know, is, is it going to be Zappy or is it going to be Mac Jones? Because according to our recent quarterback assessment, we don't know, or honestly, we don't believe there's much of a gap between Mac Jones and Zappy, which there's not. I could have told you that. But I digress from that point. Of course, you still have Josh Allen and also Tua um, as well. And so that will make us, you know, have the worst quarterback and, of course, the worst team in the conference if that happens. But I do believe it's going to happen. Um, the New York Jets owner, before the season even ended, put out a statement saying, hey, Pretty much, if we had a quarterback like that, we wouldn't mind paying him whatever he's asking for. And Lamar Jackson, according to reports, his number just keeps going up. And I don't blame him. Because after what happened this past season with them literally losing to the Bengals in a game that they should have won if the coach had called the right play, you could only wonder how far the Ravens could have gotten against any opponent in this NFL this year if they had Lamar Jackson in their playoff game. Mind you, the Kansas City Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl, but you saw what Jalen Hurts did to them with his legs. Can you imagine Lamar Jackson? That's all I'm going to say. And so Lamar definitely is not going to be a Baltimore Raven and the Jets, number one for my team. Um, number two, I want to throw in there, again, because I've been hearing a lot of whispers about it. And it's another quarterback, another team out there that feels like they're, you know, another quarterback away. And I feel like that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and it makes sense as far as their history. You look at Michael Vick as far as the best quarterback in that franchise by far. And that franchise embracing Michael Vick and the success that they were able to capture with Michael Vick. And so they would love to have Lamar Jackson, who's the only quarterback that Michael Vick himself has even said is more elusive um, than he was when he played and definitely more skilled with his legs. I feel like Atlanta also has resources as far as picking young talents as well to offer to the Ravens. Um, they definitely sit nicely this year and the next year is going forward in the draft as far as picks. And then they have a lot of young tools as well on the offense and defensive side of the ball that they can kind of send over um, to the Ravens if the Ravens were to choose. And then also their organization, who you look, look at their entire team, no one has a, a huge, great contract right now. So they can literally pay Lamar Jackson whatever he's asking and not be hurt and not have to sacrifice anything as far as talent because no one else on that roster has a big contract or is even deserving of a big contract. In fact, I think the next person that they have to pay with any type of clout or notoriety to their name is Kyle Pitts, and that probably will be next year, and he's a tight end. Um, he hasn't been performing that well. Uh, and, and so – I. They can definitely afford them, and they definitely have the resources to get them. And then last but not least, again, it's, it's far-fetched. It's, it's honestly a fairy tale, and, it's, and uh, the viewers are probably going to laugh. But the New England Patriots, just because I would love him to go to my organization and help us out because we're, we're slowly just, just like a slow-burning fire. We're just fading away at this point. Um, and, and in a few years, if we continue to fade, Bill is going to be gone and then our organization as we've known it will be a memory and be starting over 
and I'll probably be one of those 50 year old Cowboys fans talking about what used to be um, in 30 years. So, <laughs> um, but but uh, that that's what why I think there. What what about you? E? What do you see Lamar Jackson going? In fewer words, um, if not if they don't figure out Baltimore, I say he goes to Atlanta. I feel like New England's a tough sell. Um, I'm not really oh, sure. Oh, it, it's far-fetched. <laughs> yeah. You see, I didn't even try to sell. You see, I sold the other ones. I didn't even yeah. try to sell that yeah. one. I, 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 I mean, I mean, I don't know. It, it would be, I wouldn't be surprised if something crazy like that happened because that's just the I era. mean, we can trade Bill Belichick. Yeah, you we know. We can trade Bill. Bill's the most valuable thing we have. Honestly, but, I mean, the era we live in, I just would not be surprised. I mean, come on. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think Deshaun Watson would go to Cleveland. I, I didn't. Oh, no right. fact, and and that's why it's so hard to predict, bro. Because just like nobody saw that coming, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't. Honestly, I think I think Lamar would love to be in Atlanta. Period. Um, you know, he's he's from Florida. You know, I think going going yeah. back going back south for him would be fun. It'd be great to see him in Atlanta just for cultural reasons. Um, and I've even heard some people speculate like, you know, maybe Atlanta gets Lamar finds a way to get uh, D Hop as well. Um. But I don't know, man. I, I think I think we're gonna be in for a lot of surprises. But I'm thinking Atlanta. I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking it, it would be great to see a quarterback, you know, kind of like that Vic, Mike Vic tree, you know, of of, of influence come through and and find some success and and kind of deliver to kind of deliver some, something positive for Atlanta, bro. Because ever since that, that Super Bowl debacle, it seems like that. Oh, yeah. it, it seems like that franchise has had a hard time keeping their heads above water. No facts. They they have not had a they have not had a record above five hundred since. So yeah, I mean, kind of staying on the same topic, you know, just of contract negotiations, especially concerning black quarterbacks in general. You know, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, contract talks with him have, have come up. You know, the way that black quarterbacks are approached here in media when it comes to their deals, it almost seems like you have to do so much to convince an organization to pay them exactly what they're what they're owed. You know, when you look at a case like Daniel Jones, where he's he's asking for like forty, forty five million a season. Yeah. You know, and, and and no one has any, you know, pushback on that. Or at least it's not like a major headline. You know, still Lamar Jackson and even Jalen Hurts, like conversations about him and he just took his team to the Super Bowl. So, you know, what what's really your point of view, you know, when it comes to the way that black quarterbacks, when it comes to their contract negotiations, the way they're on full display, like like how how do you feel how do you feel about the way that's currently being portrayed? I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Um, and just to give a perspective, I'm I'm a person. I, I don't cry wolf. I don't cry wolf a lot at all. That's not my that's not my role. That's not how I get down. But I will say, give more context. I'm from Arkansas. We both are. Um, I'm from Southeast Arkansas. Um, more context. My population of grad when I graduated was 127 people. Probably about 27 of those people were black. Um, just so just putting in context my environment and where I grew up in. Wait, in your graduating class? In my graduation class, yeah. Yeah. In my graduating class. So to put that in just I said all that to say I get a very weird feeling when I hear Caucasian analysts say with conviction that quarterback, black quarterback, a black person does not deserve that money or in the case of Jalen Hurts is he being selfish inconsiderate not doing the smart thing to build around his team by taking that money for 
all of those athletes, and I can speak it probably, and I'm pretty sure no black athlete, football, basketball, of any sport would disagree with me. When they make it, they're not doing it for themselves. They're bringing generational wealth to their entire family. It's not just for themselves. That $300 million that Lamar Jackson is asking for will not just affect his family forever as far as generational wealth. It will create other wealth within the black community, businesses, corporations, build homes, change communities. Because you're talking about someone who gives back to the community. Honestly, no one gives back more than Lamar Jackson. He He's the person in the offseason that you have to say, hey, Lamar, don't be out there running and playing with little kids and, and throwing free camps with little kids outside going full speed. But that's the person that he is giving back to community. Same thing with Jalen Hurts and his efforts. You think he's asking all that money and that's just all going to go to him? You don't think that's going to impact his family and the generations to come after him? You don't think that's going to impact his community, where he grew up at, to build more schools, to fund more businesses, to affect the black community. And so when these guys come up for these big contracts, no, they're not being selfish. No, they're not being inconsiderate of their team, of their legacy, or disrespecting the organization, or just wants to be paid and where it goes. No. It's bigger than that for us as a black community because we weren't giving this wealth. We built this country and we weren't giving anything. Nothing at all. And a lot of us don't have a pipeline of extensive wealth where we can rely on when things happen. We don't have parents, uncle, grandfather, great-great-grandfather, uncle, auntie to call that has generational wealth that we can just lean on. So when these athletes make it, not only are they making this money for them, they're impacting their families and community. And I just don't like when it comes into question Lamar Jackson or whether Jalen Hurts. But when you have a quarterback of way lesser status, let's just put that together. We all know Daniel Jones has a record. He doesn't have a winning record as far as overall career in the NFL. The man has almost thrown just as many interceptions as he has touchdowns in his career, and he's asking for $240 million on his contract, and not one analyst is talking or asking about why or does he deserve that contract. It's not even making news. No one really cares, right? I wonder why, because I feel like it's way more egregious for Daniel Jones to be asking for $240 million than what it is for the person who just literally carried his team to the Super Bowl and almost carried them to a Super Bowl ring. And a person like Lamar Jackson, who's a talent that we've never saw before in the NFL and also an MVP. Um, and so that's, that's just my take on it. I don't think it should be spoken of. I don't think we should be talking about people's financial situation. You can imagine if your financial situation was broadcast upon millions and millions and billions, and, and when it was time for you to go in and talk to, to your boss or whoever assigns your check and to renegotiate what you make as far as a salary, and you sit and there's a, you know, you go home and turn it on news and there's a group of guys saying, nah, Ethan doesn't deserve you know, 120000 a year. Does Ethan really deserve that? I don't think he deserves that. Does he really do that much for this company, for this organization? That's just selfish for Ethan that wants so much money. 
I, I don't know how comfortable you would be with that. And I don't know how comfortable any of us would be with that. And so I, I don't. I think that's in the future, and then hopefully, you know, the new sports media will change. I think that's something that should be talked about, discussed. Um, and I think they do it some analysts to kind of push the the narrative to look a certain way. That way they can go in and talk to the player after, you know, you kind of tarnish their name a little bit and you can get them to guilt them into signing a different contract than what they would want. Um, and then I'll say this, I'm going to give you the floor, Ethan, as well. Um, Stephen A. Smith recently reported that Lamar Jackson camp, several people in his camp came out with two reports. One, Lamar Jackson never said he wanted $250 million guaranteed. The actual price that it started at was $100 million. And Lamar Jackson didn't say what he wanted. He just said that wasn't enough. Lamar Jackson never said he wanted a $250 million. He has not said that. Also, secondly, you know how much the Ravens offered him for his contract? $130 million. That's what they wanted to offer him. That's $90 million less than Kyler Murray. But the narrative is something completely different because they're trying to stain Lamar Jackson and make it seem as if all he cares about is his money. And he's been selfish when in actuality is you guys are just trying, as an organization, as a business, mind you, you're just trying to keep any penny and every penny you can um, for yourself. And I just pay the man. And the same thing with Taylor Hurts, pay the man. Because if it was Aaron Rodgers, if it's Tom Brady, if it when 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 uh, Justin Herbert time is is coming and when when Joe Burrow time comes up, no one's gonna question or debate what they deserve. They're gonna pay them, and it's not gonna be a discussion. So it shouldn't be a discussion with Lamar. It shouldn't be a discussion with Jalen Hurts either. Well said. <laughs> I, have, I have I have nothing to follow that um, except I would not want my um, corporate contractual finances broadcasted to the world. <laughs> and so e- even even like micro segmenting that down to to like me and like understanding from like a point of view, it's like yeah, bro, this is a difficult situation for them, and people just want to get paid what they deserve. Simple as that. And plus, Daniel Jones asking for that amount is crazy. I mean, I think any, I think any passive sports fan, or even like any innocent bystander, if you like wrote all this out on a, on a piece of paper, they would definitely have the common sense to be like, no, Lamar Jackson deserves that. Jalen Hurts deserves that. Daniel Jones probably should be traded. So, <laughs> that, so that's that, that's how I see it. I, I appreciate your point of view, nonetheless, Terry, on that. But to wrap up. But to wrap up the episode, as I mentioned, a lot happening in the world of sports now. I think MLS kicked off this weekend, at least in places mm-hmm. where, where the weather is decent. Because I, I don't know if I told you, Terry, it's been snowing like crazy up here. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's, then, it's been feeling great here in, in Houston. I hope I don't, you know, have to swallow my words here in a week or two because, you know, how Texas weather is. Yeah. Um, but it's been feeling great. So the fact that you guys have to know is crazy. It is. Not not just us, but even California. Like, they had to reschedule, I think, the uh, L.A. Galaxy, LAFC match into July. As a result, they couldn't even have where they're playing at, uh, at the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, man, th- these are these are crazy times as we're, what, maybe 
two or three days away from the month of March. This year is already going by. But nevertheless, man, we know we're going to keep it locked here on the Ethan and Terry Show, podcast dedicated to covering and tackling the latest in sports and entertainment. Before I sign off, Terry, I was, <laughs> the Jameer Nelson comment was, I was being facetious and rather passive. But just just to kind of just to put a bookend on it, and it doesn't take for what Dwight Howard it doesn't take from Dwight Howard what he did for that team, especially that season. But during the 2010 season, Jameer Nelson did average more points per game than Hito Turkoglu. Just want to say, just wanted to say that. Oh, okay. <laughs> just okay. One, how how many points did he average? I mean, Terry, just look it up. <laughs> uh, exactly, because yeah. it's, it's probably like eleven or twelve. But I digress. I mean, it was he averaged thirteen. The fact that he made the pod is just crazy. I mean, bro, of names. I mean, come on, man. It's it, here's the thing too. You remember, like on like two K. Well, you know, yeah, we'll, I knew, I knew we were going. No, like, like, you know, like when you create your player and everyone wants to be like six nine, six ten. As I got older, I was more realistic. I was like, you know what, I can be six one in the video game, and my skill set is comparable to that of Jameer Nelson. So, man, so man, I'm like, like Jameer Nelson, Derek Fisher. I mean, bro. You said what? Go ahead. No cap. I'm not even gonna lie. I doubt Jabir Nelson is logistics, but I just doubt it. I, I mean, I, I'm I not either, bro. I'm like, the way I, the NBA <laughs> is set up, that when I saw Julius Randle and they tried to say that that was six, seven, six, eight, and I stood looking at him right at his forehead, I was like, "Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, yo, man, look here, yo, yo, you, Hey, you know, that, that that program height is different. It's crazy, bro. My high school highlight tape, my coach said I was 6'2", 200. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, I remember in the starting lineup of one of my basketball games, they said, uh, standing at 6'2", at center, Ethan Luell. I was like, oh, I'm 6'2", tonight. It's lit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, man. <laughs> man, on that note, a great note, funny note. Terry, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate you as always, man, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bro. All right, bro.